segregation in the name of education, political bias in tech news, a new dishwasher is on the way, that and a whole lot more on today's Random Thoughts. Hello and welcome to episode number 255 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. You can find that online at R-A-N-D-U-M-B Thoughts.com. I am your host, Darren O'Neill, and we've all lived through Thanksgiving, which means we are now hurtling fully on our way to Christmas. Have you started your shopping yet? Have you started thinking about what you're going to get, everybody? Are you starting to think about the reason behind the season? It's not all about gifts. Really, it has a different uh, origin story. Santa Claus was not the most important guy associated with Christmas. But Thanksgiving went without a hitch here, which is always good. And besides my dishwasher blowing up, well, not actually blowing up, because that would be a completely different story. No, the dishwasher died, and I blame myself for not noticing it earlier, which would have been before the whole dishwasher was full and ready to go into massive overload washing mode, because when the last dishes that were actually cleaned by this now dead dishwasher finished, usually there was a little light on the front that showed clean or asked if you ran it through the sanitized mode. And I was like, well, that's weird. There's no light. But everything clean, everything looked fine. Didn't even pay much attention to the fact that the no light meant there is no power to the dishwasher. None of the buttons worked. So either the control panel finally went out, which is my guess, something corroded. It had been over the last few months, every now and then one of the loads would stop somewhere during the cycle and would give a power failure error. And I didn't really think much of it. You look it up and it was like, well, it could just be the seal, something going on. So replace the seal, you know, a nice cheap fix. Now it seems like it was something a little bit more. But when you get 15 years out of an appliance, you probably can't ask for too much more. We have also lived through the Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales, took advantage of those to order a new dishwasher. And the Lowe's system, oh, not very convenient at all. I have a Lowe's card, credit card, that we used once in 2018. I don't even remember what we bought in 2018. But Lowe's had a better deal. And if you took their credit card and didn't use their financing, They give you 5% off, and it was like, well, 5% off, and whatever it was was a decent amount. So we did that, never used it again, and I'm like, well, we need the new dishwasher. May as well use the same thing. May as well use Lowe's because we have their card already, and I went in and, well, found the card. It was in my wallet. I can't believe that because I haven't used it since 2018. For sure, I thought it would have been hidden somewhere in a drawer, but I found the card. Logged into my Lowe's account, 
which is through Synchronicity Bank, which I'm pretty sure Circuit City used back in the day when I was there. It's one of these banks that does a lot of these third-party credit things. And I logged in. It's like, okay, great, credit line, great. The account is still there. That was the main thing I was worried about. Inactivity for so many years, sometimes the accounts just disappear. But it's like, no, everything's good. Then I went in and placed the order. Everything was fine. Until 6.30 the next morning where Lowe's is texting like, oh, your order is not going through because there's a security concern. Fraud, fraud, fraud. So that was the credit card. Went in. The credit card also sent me a link. was either via text or email. I clicked the link and the credit card companies that after one simple link click went, well, okay, you're good. Went back into the Lowe's site. Tried to re-enter the credit card. You can't use this payment. Please call. So I had to call and sit on hold for like 15 minutes. Got somebody who actually lived in the United States. Very Southern. Nice lady. Took care of it within minutes. The question is, why did that even need to happen? Come on, Lowe's. Come on. You could do better. Hopefully the delivery will all go fine. But it was a decent deal, so I guess the Black Friday thing seems to be okay. The news stories are saying Black Friday, Cyber Monday, some of the biggest shopping days in the history of shopping days. So I don't know how the economy is affecting all that. I would have thought we'd be starting to see some pullback, people spending money due to Bidenomics, which is causing the prices of everything to rise talked about that on the last episode and sure enough when you look at what you paid to put together a thanksgiving meal way up the cost of a white castle hamburger now used to make of course the white castle stuffing popular around thanksgiving the white castle's just the plain individual burger that is nearly non-existent the little slices of meat now they keep getting thinner and the buns man they pretty much disintegrate we followed the old recipe got a dozen of them and there was hardly enough stuffing for a couple of people i mean it just seemed to kind of disintegrate down almost into nothing but those individual burgers now those individual white castles a dollar a piece absolutely insane the cost of things right now the stuffing worked though and was good i didn't really follow the recipe because the recipe on the white castle side and everywhere else seemed to be like well put in some celery i'm like well i didn't buy celery and do you really need celery what is that really adding celery doesn't add a whole lot to the taste all of the white castles again do disintegrate almost down into nothing so maybe the celery was supposed to be there for a little more heft to the dish And they had the individual uh, spices that you should put in, thyme, and uh, a few other things. And I'm like, I don't have time to buy all these things individually. So I just bought a poultry seasoning, which had what the White Castle recipe wanted, plus a few other things. And just kind of mixed that all in. You put some uh, bone broth in, just so everything doesn't light on fire when you put it into your oven. And it worked, but that's the beauty. The difference also between cooking and baking, because my wife made some cookies, came out really well, some of them, 
some of them not so well, but I think that was due to the center rack of the oven being a different temperature than the top and bottom rack. So maybe they need to be separated out a little bit more. You just need to watch them a little differently. And to me, that's the biggest difference between baking and cooking. And that's why I prefer cooking much more than baking. Cooking is fun. You can experiment. You can throw different ingredients into things and probably not ruin the dish. Baking is much more science. Baking is one of those things where if you don't follow a recipe exactly, your results may not be good at all. Your cake may not rise. Your cookies, instead of being the crunchy ones, may be not crunchy at all or vice versa. So you have to know what you're going for. But it's very much a scientific endeavor when you're baking. We're cooking. You just experiment. I love making omelets. I'll just mix different things in. I'm constantly reading things and found out things like, hey, if you really want to uh, get a little more creaminess to the eggs, you want them to be a little bit more fluffy when you're making your scrambled eggs or omelets, can mix in some cottage cheese. Yeah, the higher the fat content, the better. Don't get the fat-free cottage cheese. That's not going to help. The fat is the magic. But you just whisk that into the eggs. Absolutely awesome. You can mix in, whisk in some salsa right in before you're making your omelets or scrambled eggs. And the things work most of the time. You can put in different seasonings. You can try all sorts of different things. Unlike baking, when you're cooking, it is a lot more fun. At least I think so, which is probably why I don't bake, but I will cook. Even though it's the holiday season, there are a few things going on in the world. And this first story just again will explain to you why you don't go to sites like Tech Dirt, which also explains how the tech industry, the tech news industry, I should say, is completely gone over into political shenanigans there's no doubt there's bias down the line and it gets into the reporting they don't know how to not report something with a political bent i mean this story i get to a certain extent because it's about the republican party wanting to block broadband funding to schools that refuse to implement a tiktok ban and they have a certain point, but they also miss a whole lot. But this is how the story begins, written by Carl Bode. Oh, a totally legitimate journalist, I'm sure. Quote, we've noted how the GOP's obsession with TikTok is dot, 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 weird and superficial. Uh, now, why the dot, dot, dot? That's really not journalisming. That doesn't make any sense. You're trying to build some suspense? I don't know. I will continue. Guys like Ted Cruz or Brendan Carr will suffer absolute embolisms about TikTok and TikTok only to get on cable news where they'll be portrayed as good faith privacy reformers while simultaneously refusing to pass a privacy law or regulate dodgy data brokers who routinely sell consumer data to everyone, including Chinese intelligence. 
At the same time, the GOP's solution to TikTok is somehow even more superficial and stupid, a blanket ban that just doesn't work. You'll recall how it took college kids all of 40 seconds to realize they could bypass the Montana TikTok University ban by simply switching their phones from Wi-Fi to cellular, something the GLP brain trust still hasn't gotten its collective noggin around, end quote. Well, that may be true. Then why are you even worried about it? I have no issue with the government saying uh, we don't want the public schools to have access to social media through our network. You can easily bypass it. You can use your own network. That's fine. But we don't want you to access it via our network. So I don't understand why this is such a big deal. Yeah, it's very easy to get around most blocks. This has been the farce of all of these software programs that have been around a lot less now, I believe, but they're still out there that promise parents that they'll keep their kids off the really bad sites. Not going to happen. The kids are most of the time smart enough to figure out how to get around the ban, especially if they have their own phone, which then can access the cellular network. Parents have zero control. I mean, they can get on the phone and they can try to put stuff on the phone, but the kid can probably remove it anyway. But trying to block access to anything is not very successful because of the fact that it's so easy to get around it. Meaning you can have a router that says, no, 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 not going to let you connect to TikTok. And then all the kids have to do is run through a virtual private network. Very Something very easy to do. If you're not very tech savvy, the VPN is just another service that your computer can connect to and run all of the traffic through. So it makes it nearly impossible for certain things to be blocked. It's used all the time in places like China and Russia, where they really don't want you to get some of the content on the internet. So I agree to a certain point that the Republicans trying to get this ban isn't going to really change anything. But I also understand why the government is like, hey, we don't want the kids using this for these purposes. It'd be the same thing when it comes to the porn sites and everything else on the internet, there is a lot of porn on social media. So that kind of makes some sense. And the article goes on to say, you know, quote, not to say TikTok doesn't play fast and loose with consumer privacy in hugely problematic ways, but you could ban TikTok nationally immediately in a fireworks of patriotic splendor and still not fix the actual underlying problems that create and embolden TikTok. Well, that's, end quote, that's true to a certain extent again. But this is how the article comes down to its conclusion. Quote, I maintain a lion's share of the GOP obsession with TikTok is rank xenophobia. It's simply outrageous that non-white people from overseas created a popular alternative to U.S. social media networks sending money we're owed by divine decree overseas. Another big chunk is Facebook lobbyists and seeding TikTok hysteria among gullible GOP NATSEC rubes for anti-competitive reason, end quote. And no, you're missing. 
a lot of the issue when you're talking about privacy and privacy alone. Yeah, TikTok and other social media and any website, anything you're connecting to, any app on your phone connecting to the cloud, they all have very similar issues. When you add apps to your phone, I think most people understand by now that those apps may be sending information that you are using outside of those apps, things that are on your phone that may end up leaking out to the companies behind these apps. There are some that are huge privacy risks. And that's one part of the TikTok thing. I mentioned that early on. TikTok being owned, operated, having the intertwinedness with the Chinese government I still think it could be very easily used for blackmail. But beyond that, you have to understand what TikTok is. And you have to understand that the back end, the Chinese government, are having a say on what content that the people are fed that are watching TikTok. And to me, that is the more concerning part that TikTok can then meld the minds of the children. It's mostly children, I think, on TikTok, but there's a lot of adults, too, that you're being shown things to intentionally create your opinion on the world around you. And it's just the way people work. You're going to see a video. You see a video of a woman crying and saying somebody did something to her. Well, you're going to feel bad. And then you're not going to like the person that allegedly did it. The reality is maybe none of these people actually even exist. Could all be AI. But your emotions are played on. And you are being fed propaganda. And that was the other funny thing in this article here. Again, this is from Tech Dirt. The author is Carl Bode. Quote, The GOP pretends to be concerned that TikTok is being exploited to spread propaganda, but the party clearly supports propaganda if it's theirs. The GOP pretends, and that is in all bold, to be concerned about consumer privacy, but opposes even the most basic internet privacy laws or efforts to regulate data brokers who are every bit as compromised far-reaching and ethically dubious as TikTok ever was, end quote. So again, it's all the Republicans are bad. That a way to go, tech dirt. And again, totally missing out on a lot of what the problem is with TikTok, and that is who's controlling what you're seeing. Who's controlling the news coming in? Because sadly, people are using TikTok for news. I don't know who, if you're one of the people that are using TikTok for news, just stop. I don't think anybody that listens to this podcast would use TikTok for news, at least nobody that's listening to this podcast by choice. Now, maybe you've got your kids in the back seat and they're like, I love TikTok. I'm getting my news on TikTok. Stop it. Do not get your news on TikTok. It's not the place to go to get an accurate representation of the world around you. But this again is why. Going to even the tech sites, you're going to be bombarded with very liberal ideas. 
They can't get through a story without mentioning Donald Trump and the bad Republicans and talking about things that are irrelevant while they totally will ignore the important part of the story. This isn't all about consumer privacy. If we're talking about privacy, then yes, there are huge problems up and down the board. When it comes to TikTok, again, it's important to know the mechanism that feeds the videos to the people watching. This is not like a podcast where you're like, hey, I like that random thought show or I like that Planet Rage show. I'm going to subscribe and listen to each new episode when it comes out. It's not like YouTube where you say, hey, I like that channel. I like that Bandrew Says channel. That guy does good content. And then you see the videos when they come out. No, TikTok is much more randomized. It is much more fed by an algorithm that you are going to see content from people you've never seen before. And the content you're getting, again, is chosen by the algorithm, the back end, which can definitely have, like TechDirt, a political bent. You don't think that the Chinese Communist Party, who has an ownership in TikTok, isn't using that platform used by millions of people in the United States? You don't think they're using that to push their narrative, to push their propaganda? I mean, if I had that power, I certainly would. Why wouldn't you? which is why you need to be concerned and you need to be aware of what you're getting and where you're getting it from, which brings me right to a story out of the Chicago area. A lot of fun things always happening in the Chicago area. This from the postmillennial.com headline, Chicago area high school provides segregated classes for black and Hispanic students. The subheadline. At issue for those who advocate for segregated education is the well-being of black students who have been, quote, expected to conform to a white standard, end quote. The article starts like this, quote, a high school in Evanston, Illinois, home of Northwestern University, has embarked on a new plan to try to get grades up for minority students segregation. The class is segregated by race. For black and Hispanic students are called, quote, affinity classes, end quote. And while they are not enforced, they are offered for black and Hispanic students only. The classes have non-white teachers and no white students are permitted in the courses. Students can decide to opt into these courses, and many do. The Wall Street Journal reports that almost 200 students signed up for math and writing courses in 2023. The idea is that black and Hispanic students will do better in classes if they are separated from white students, end quote. Now, this seems to be going down a very slippery slope. These are the kind of things that people sit around and dream up. Well, no, no, we can't have you reach this level. So you'll be way more comfortable when you're not around those bad whiteies but they don't offer all white classes. So where is the equality here? You can have classes that are by request only. The students can be like, hey, I'm black. I want to be in an all black class. But the white kids can't go, hey, I'm white. I want to be in an all white class. Why is that? 
The article states, quote, one student said that in the segregated classes, she feels more confident because she doesn't feel pressure to speak for the entire black race. What kind of high school kids are thinking they're speaking for their whole race when they're in class? Going on, the courses were brought in as a way to try to bring minority students up to speed where they had been falling behind. The Evanston School Board vice president said, quote, our black students are, for lack of a better word, dot, 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 at the bottom, consistently still, and they are being outperformed consistently. It's not good, end quote. So the black students are being outperformed. So the answer was to segregate them from the students that are doing better than they are. They point out there's also no Asian alternative for this. The school district only offers the classes for the Hispanic and black students. The school is 44% white, 24% black, 20% Hispanic, and 5% Asian. I mean, you would think that the Asian kids, being the real minority in that school, would feel much better if they had the Asian classes, but they don't. Why is that, Evanston? I would like to know. I'd also like to know if they don't think this is setting up children for failure because you're eventually going to get to college. Although I see colleges following this fairly quickly and be like, well, well, you don't want to go to class with any of those bad, big, bad white guys. Well, good. We'll give you the segregated classes. But then you go into the workforce. Is this going to happen in the workforce, too? I thought this was illegal that not hiring somebody based upon their race. I thought that was all illegal. No, no, it's going to be fine. Because once you're setting this standard in school, well, you, you're a black student or a Hispanic student. You only want to be with your own kind. Okay. You get to college, you only want to be with your own kind. Okay. If you're a white kid, though, you don't want to be in class with those bad Mexicans or those bad black people. No, no, you don't get that choice because white people are bad. White people do not get the same level anymore when it comes to any of this stuff because they're bad. I think we're all being taught that. I think we're all understanding white people are bad. And this is going to eventually get into the workforce. So be ready to get back to the point where there's a white water fountain. Do they still have water fountains places and a black water fountain? You're going to have a white McDonald's next to a black McDonald's next to a new Hispanic McDonald's because you don't want to be mixing these people together. This seems like real progress. I don't know who the moron that came up with this concept is, but it's one, a very racist concept. And two, it is not the bringing together of the country as one. This, again, is sowing division. Like, well, you don't want to be in class with the white people? Okay, here, come on over here. We won't make you go to school with those white people. It's absolutely insane. But it is where we are right now. And it does seem like things are getting worse instead of better. Remember, Martin Luther King once said, quote, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character, end quote. It's not where we are today. It's not where we are when we are segregating classrooms. 
And when I looked up that quote, just to make sure I had it right, there were a few other quotes from Martin Luther King that I think uh, will shed some light on this story. Quote, nothing in the world is more dangerous than a sincere ignorance and conscientious stupidity, end quote. Or how about, quote, intelligence plus character. That is the goal of true education, end quote. Ask yourself, is that the goal of the education that the children in this country are getting today? I don't believe it is. It's more propaganda than education. And what we are going to have is a complete generation of brainwashed idiots who are going to lead this country right over the cliff into the socialist paradise that they want. And we know what that turns out to be. Go ask Venezuela. Go ask Cuba. Go look at where it's been tried before. But no, Bernie Sanders said we're going to try it better this next time. Does anybody believe that? I don't. And I bet you don't either, which is why you are listening to the Random Thoughts podcast. It is a value for value show, which means the shows go out. They're not behind a paywall. If you've gotten any value out of this show, put a number on it and you can get it back to us by going to randomthoughts.com slash donate. Click that donate button for a one-time or monthly donation. Use the QR codes or the wallet addresses for the crypto thing. Use the P.O. box address if you want to go the snail mail route. Your fear using a podcasting 2.0 app. If you're not new podcastapps.com, you can stream us some Satoshis. And if you're over on Patreon, just search for random thoughts over there. All of those are valid ways to get some support over to us. All of them are greatly appreciated. And Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley, you, my friend, are greatly appreciated for coming in once again with your $15 monthly donation to the Random Thoughts podcast. You are a true gentleman. And I appreciate it. Hope you have a great holiday season. And I want to uh, acknowledge Dale Jr. He loves to stream some Satoshis while listening to the shows, as does Harry Pilgrim. It all helps out. It all keeps the microphone sounding good, the web hosting going, and all that thing. So if you can't, I know, Bidenomics, it's Christmas time and all that. But if you have the ability to support the favorite shows that you listen to and loved, keep them around. And it is all very much appreciated. With that said, I will be back next week with another edition of the Random Thoughts Podcast. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.